sports. They say numbers never lie, but odds are they do. Sam Steinmeier, Brady Archer, and host Andrew Botlinick are about to go against the grain this week as we make our day-to-day picks. All views and opinions expressed in today's show do not reflect KZLX or Northwest Missouri State University. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the show. Everybody get Hello and welcome into day-to-day picks. Andrew Botwinick, Sam Steinmeier. We have a new intro. I went Black Friday shopping over the break, <laughs> made ourselves a new intro. Sadly, this is the only time we're going to be able to use it this semester. This is the last show of the semester. Just Sam Steinmeier and I here today. No Brady Archer, no Austin McNorton, no special guest in for our show for week 14. But, you know, it's just the two of us, Sam. Yeah, and, you know, Brady is making his trek right now up to... You know, Big Rapids, Michigan, so, you know, he couldn't join us in Austin. Had to do a little work before finals coming in. So just me and you, and, you know, that's not that's not a bad thing at all. This is the A-team crew right here, the day-to-day picks A-team crew. And we're going to start our show off here. We, we always start off with a list because that's what we've been doing the last couple weeks. If you watched last couple weeks ago's show, we were talking about what we were going to do. We're going to start our show with our NFL, Mount Coachmore. So, Traditionally, we would use a top five or a top ten list. This time, if you didn't know, Mount Rushmore has four heads. So another, we get to use a fact here. So if you, if you didn't know that, here's some, some tidbit, some trivia information for you. There are four people on Mount Rushmore. We're going to give our top four coaches in the NFL currently, and we'll have some time where we'll discuss some of the people that might make the short list for uh, coach of, the, uh, of all time. So, Sam, we'll go ahead and we'll start with number four. Number four for me, you know, is this guy is the coach of the San Francisco 49ers in their heyday. I went with Bill Walsh, uh, you know, won, you know, some championships. He had very good quarterbacks in Joe Montana, Steve Young, and also Jerry Rice. And, you know, even though he, he took down my Cowboys in, you know, the NFC championship with the catch uh, leading them to the Super Bowl, you can't uh, deny that he was an amazing coach. Well, we'll go ahead and we'll start with with current NFL coaches. So oh, current, yeah, oh, go I'm ahead. Sorry. You know, you're good. You're good. We're, I so I we know you're number four all time. So go ahead and give us your current one first. Then we'll then we'll go into that one when we get done here. Okay, I didn't hear you say current. No, you're fine. Number four for cur- uh, current is Sean Payton. He so he's won a Super Bowl with the Saints, and uh, you know he's got amazing uh, you know talent and coaching. He's got great offense, and the things he's been able to do with Drew Brees and Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. You know, it's just been incredible. And also when Teddy Bridgewater went in this season, he did amazing stuff with him. So I'll go ahead and start with mine. For my honorable mention, didn't make the cut, but extremely close back and forth. I have Pete Carroll as my outside looking in right now. Just if you look at his all-time records each time, aside from when he was coaching in 99, if you look at when he was with just the Seahawks, and I believe 2010 is when he jumped in, He's been phenomenal. He's really stepped in, hasn't missed a beat. I have him at number five. My number four, starting my actual list, John Harbaugh. He's played pretty well. I mean, he's coached pretty well. He hasn't played, but he coached pretty well. 
He had Joe Flacco for a while. He's always had a great defense. That's one of the Ravens' big pluses is whenever they've had Harbaugh is they've always had a great defense. He's got Lamar Jackson now. He's, he's got more capability to move, maneuver around. And the main reason is because they went from an air raid style of offense to a solely run. And I think that's that says a lot more about his coaching technique than anything else that you could mention players-wise. Yeah, it's incredible. And, you know, to piggyback off what you said, John Harbaugh is actually my number three. So – you know, I was going to mention, you know, the total shift in offensive style that they had. Um, you know, they had Joe Flacco and Quan Bolden and, you know, a lot of good receivers, good big receivers. And then now they go to Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, you know, in the running game. And now they don't really do much in the past, but, you know, they had Hollywood Brown if they need him. But it's it's incredible the sh- shift in offensive style, and th- there's really been no like down per- period for the Ravens. They've still been one of the best teams in football. And it's funny that you mentioned you were piggybacking off of mine because I'm piggybacking off of yours. Sean Payton is my number three, just for mainly the same reasons you said. The, the difference between New Orleans and Baltimore is that New Orleans capitalizes on the draft. They have a lot of players that they've been able to get through the draft. The only big-name player that they've ever traded for is Drew Brees. He's, I mean, and that one is just, you didn't know what he was going to be coming into it. He'd only played a couple seasons in, in, in San Diego at the time when they were when they were San Diego. You liked what you saw, you trade for him, you make the big move. It pays off for you. Now you've got players, they're running backs for a while, in order, not necessarily all at the same time. They had Reggie Bush for a while. They had Mark Ingram. They had Alvin Kamara. Now, I believe they had one or two guys in between there, too, that really put in some a good workload. And that just says something with how strong Sean Payton focuses on the draft. They make everything come out the way they want it to. They're getting these homegrown players, Michael Thomas. They, every year they have a new guy on defense that is all of a sudden coming out, Marshawn Lattimore, that they get acquired through the draft. There's a lot of different players that they, they draft in, that they kind of buy into the system and fit well with their schemes. So who do you have at your number two? Uh, for my number two, I have Big Red, Andy Reid. And, you know, I think you know, he's the only one on this list without a Super Bowl, but, I mean, still, the the things he's able to do with Patrick Mahomes and that offense, yes, they do have a lot of weapons, but the things he comes up with and, you know, the relationship him and Pat, Patrick Mahomes have, it's just incredible. And, like, he's done it everywhere he's gone. gone. You know, he had great success with Donovan, Donovan McNabb and Terrell Owens and all those great Eagles teams in the early 2000s, and now uh, heading into late 2010s and heading into the new decade, he's really just – hasn't missed a beat with the Kansas City Chiefs and you know even with Alex Smith he came up with innovative offensive plays and just kept the Chiefs in the playoff hunt well and I think our lists are honestly going to be the same because I also have Andy Reid at my number two spot and just kind of the same reasons just he's an offensive guru There, there are very few people in the NFL especially now that can be able to maintain the the kind of offensive playbook that Andy Reid likes to have with his team. They have so many trick plays that they can use. He has basically invented the goal line pitch play to the tight end. That that's something that, for the most part, Andy Reid and this Kansas City offense has kind of styled. And we've seen Northwest do that yeah, a couple times. Marcus Andrews, in Arrowhead. Marcus Andrews was the one that was able to get that touchdown on that one. There's just so much that Andy Reid has been able to do on offense with all of the weapons he's had. And, and it, I think Andy Reid honestly also might have – he's kind of – I know Bruce Arians is always the, the the quarterback whisperer. There's not a lot of people that, that can kind of do what he does with quarterbacks. But Andy Reid's kind of there too. You, you trade up, you draft a guy like Patrick Mahomes, who a big, a big 12 quarterback, 
lot of offensive firepower, really kind of just a raw talent at the time. And look at where he's at now. The year after he sits behind Alex Smith, he wins the MVP. Not a lot of coaches can do that. And my number one, I'm sure your number one is as well, Bill Belichick. I'm sure yours is also Bill. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Bill Belichick is the number one. And, you know, the things he can do, like he's a more defensive-minded coach. A lot of these uh, coaches on the list are offensive-minded, you know, and now he's really on the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, the things he does, like, you know, I, I feel like it was meant uh, – put together perfectly by Odell earlier in the year. Every, every single time that Bill Belichick plays o, uh, Odell, he goes over to Odell and says, hey, uh, you're not going to do anything today because we're going to lock you down. And really he locks everyone down um, on the opposing team and really has just been the head of the machine that is the Patriots. And and you kind of already went into your all-time kind of mount coach more so who, yeah. so go ahead and we'll his, go ahead and go back to that and yeah, go his, into your number four bill walsh at number four who was the san francisco 49ers coach for all those great years and won some super bowls so you know i feel like he you know he's up there on the all-time win wins list and so he was my number four for me i, I kind of put him on here not necessarily because of what he's done as a head coach but Vince Lombardi, just because he's Vince Lombardi. Uh, he didn't really do a whole lot necessarily as the coach. He coached the Packers from 59 to 67 and the Redskins in just 1969. He also did some offensive coordinating uh, for the New York Giants in 54 through 58. So there's a lot of, of different things that he did, and he was a, a very in there. He, he did a lot. He's a six time NFL champion, Packers Hall of Fame, Redskins Ring of Fame as well. So there's a lot of things he did as a head coach, but just have him on there just because if you get an award named after you, you're probably a pretty good coach. Yeah, Vince Lombardi probably, you know, he's one of the greatest coaches of all time. And, you know, you, have, you get the be the best award, the, the Super Bowl trophy named after you, you got to be on there. Mm -hmm. And so number three for me is I have uh, the all-time winningest coach in the NFL at number three, Don Shula. Um, you know, he did amazing things with the Miami Dolphins and, you know, They've kind of fallen from grace now. But when Don Shula was there, um, you know, he was, uh, you know, putting out amazing team after amazing team. And, you know, you have to put the all-time winningest coach on this list. For me, I, I kind of go back to another name at, at my number three spot just because of, obviously, once I say his name, you're going to know his whole story, Curly Lambeau. I've, Packers are the head coach or the head coach of the Packers, Lambeau Leap. Lambeau Field, kind of all because of him. He coached for 30 years on, with the Packers. He, he did a lot of, of stuff as well. With the, Back at the time, they were the Chicago Cardinals, the Washington Redskins. He coached for a year for both of those teams as well, but mostly just because of, of his work with the, with the Packers. He's also sitting, I believe, fifth. Yeah, fifth in, in all-time wins with 226. So obviously he's about 100 behind Don Shula, but he's, when you get another field and another trophy and a celebration named after you, that's kind of where I'm leaning towards yeah. in this segment. And, you know, speaking of awards named after you, I have Vince Lombardi at my number two. I feel like, you know, you won the first Super Bowl. He really turned uh, Green Bay into what it is today, you know, title town. They love to say that, and they won a lot of titles with Vince Lombardi. And, you know, you got to put the, you know, the – Super Bowl award on this list and you know for me you know he might be a little high but I feel like you know Vince Lombardi just you know that name alone when you hear it you know he was a great coach 
Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. That's why I have him a little bit slider down on, on my list here. My number two, I've been debating about putting in Bill Belichick, but I'm, I'm a guy that believes in waiting until the career is done to see where they stack all time. So currently I have Bill Parcells at my number two spot just because if you look at Bill Parcells' coaching tree in general, a lot of the names that are also very high up started with him and went from his type of strategies. I know Belichick was one of the names that came from him. I can't name anybody else off the top of my head, but I know there's a lot of people that, that came from Bill Parcells as an assistant coach or positional coach. Yeah, I remember uh, I saw recently like a video on Twitter. Bill Belichick was having a, having a meeting uh, with the Giants, a defensive meeting, and uh, Lawrence Taylor was late. And so he went to Bill Parcells and said, hey, you know, LT was late today. He's like, why'd you start the meeting without him? <laughs> so, I mean, Bill Parcells, you know, just, I guess, that type of rapport with a great coach like Belichick. And so uh, Parcells definitely deserves to be on the list. He's not on my list, though. Uh, one of my honorable mentions. Number one, you know, you mentioned wait until the career is over. I couldn't. Belichick is my number one just because, like, six Super Bowls. He's done it with only one quarterback, Tom Brady. And, you know, just the what he's able to do with players that are really kind of pushed away, pushed to the side. And like you see Julian Edelman, he was a quarterback in college. Now he's one of the best receivers in the NFL. And, you know, nobody really knows a name like Philip Dorsett until he gets to the Patriots and he's done some good things. And, you know, he's done it with guys like that. And he's also done it with star players like Randy Moss. And, you know, Randy Moss had the best year of his career in New England. And so just – with that and, you know, the evil empire that is the Patriots, you have to put Belichick <laughs> at number one. And, and, yeah, that's if I was to rank Belichick, I would probably put him on my number one spot just because it's hard to not even have him on your list. And I know all time for me, I would definitely wait. And if he retired today, he would be my number one, and I'm sure Andy Reid would probably crack the list as well. The only downside with Andy Reid, as you mentioned earlier, he doesn't have a Super Bowl to his name. He's done a lot for different teams, though. Obviously, half of his career in Philly, half of his career in Kansas City, and he's changed those programs entirely. But my number one, I went with a guy that you already mentioned, Don Shula. My number one number one in wins. He was also a four-time AP NFL Coach of the Year in 64, 67, 68, and 72. He also did a lot. He, he was a two-time Super Bowl champion. He played back in the day. He's... Yeah, I mean, 328 wins is unheard of. Belichick's close, probably. 271, I think, if he coaches a couple more years. Just depends on how much Brady's still got in the tank. I know Andy Reid just got to over 200. So, I mean, Andy Reid's probably a little bit further out. But I think Andy Reid, if Patrick Mahomes stays for another 10 years like they're expecting him to, he could climb up that list pretty well. I don't know if 300's in the right ballpark. But if the Chiefs go 10-6 and six for the next 10 years – that gets him to 300, so. Welcome back to Day-to-Day -Day Picks. Andrew Botwinick, Sam Steinmeier here with you. We're going to go into our NFL picks for this week, but first we're going to take a look at our standings. Last week, if you looked at any of the scores, not a good week in NFL football. A lot of things happened. There were some good games, though. I believe we saw the 49ers-Ravens. That was a pretty good game. We also saw the Eagles and the Dolphins, which I'm sure for Sam that was a pretty good game. But yeah. for, for the rest of us Loved that it. actually made that pick um, – I'm sure. I think you even missed that pick, too. I, I missed the pick, but <laughs> I will miss that pick every single day of the week to see the Dolphins beat the Eagles. I was just about to say, I was like, I'm sure you weren't you weren't too unhappy with the outcome of that. So Brady, 7-9, and nine, Sam, 7-9. and nine. I was the best out of the week at 8-8, eight and eight, just a game ahead of everybody else. So if that tells you anything, 
take a look at that. Doing so, your best Jason Garrett impression. Exactly, exactly. Consistency, 8-8, eight and eight, every single year gets you 500. So overall standings, Brady takes a game lead now. He was up two last week, now up just a single game at 119-71. and 71. Me just a game back behind him at 118-72. and 72. And then Sam just a couple games back, three games from Brady, at 116 and 74 so everybody's still in this race there's it literally within a couple of picks we could we could all be flipped someone could take a huge lead but with some of the way these games are, are set up i don't think too much is going to change this week although there is some potential we'll start with thursday's game cowboys at bears and it's good we're getting this out of the way first because a lot of frustration has uh gone through me over the past few weeks we had thanksgiving break that Thanksgiving is also always watch the Cowboys and you know watch them win was not a fun Thanksgiving watching them get annihilated by the Bills. So this game, they they got to come out and and they got to find something with Zeke Elliott. Zeke Elliott's got to do something. Dak Prescott, I, he's gonna. It's kind of etched in stone now. He's gonna get his. He's he's passing the ball very well this year. He's gonna find Michael Gallup. He's gonna find Amari Cooper. You know. And you know, he's going to do well. It's just if Zeke can get going, the Cowboys will definitely win this game. I don't know if they will, though, because Khalil Mack on that other side and that good Bears defense, it'll be tough for Zeke to get going. Also, something for the Cowboys, it's not good that they have all Leighton Vander Esch, Jeff Heath, and Antoine Woods all out. So a little bit uh, weak on the defensive side of the football, but, you know, I got to... Got to take the Cowboys, and then no matter what, I I've proven that this year that, uh, you know, no matter what, I got to take the team that I love. So, Cowboys for me. And and you mentioned kind of uh, some some hits on that defensive side of the football for Dallas. The good news is that you're playing mediocre Mitch and the Bears on offense. They really haven't been able to move the ball much. They're six and six on the season. The Cowboys, I believe, are also six and six or the, the, something like that. Yeah. So the Cowboys are six and six, three and three on the road. The Bears are six and six, three and three at home. So so could go either way statistically as it as it proves. But I am for some reason siding with you on this one, Sam. Every single time I pick the Cowboys, they don't they don't come through for me. So it's it's not if, a good if, pick. If, if that'll tell you anything, the Bears will probably win. But Brady is picking the Bears in this matchup, though Thank he's picking goodness. the home team. So not a clean sweep. Brady risking his one-game lead in the very first game that we pick. So hey. could jump it up to two, could make it a little bit more even for, for you and I, Sam. It's getting in the last few weeds. Got to take a chance. You got to risk it for the biscuit. Yeah. Sunday's noon slates, we have the Colts at the Buccaneers is the first game of our noon. Yeah, the Buccaneers have really, I mean, kind of come out of nowhere in the past couple weeks as, you know, you know they got to win against Atlanta, and no, and they also got to win against Jacksonville. I, I, I both personally pit the Falcons and Jaguars to win both those games. Um, you know, but in this game they're at home, five and seven against the now sits and sits Colts. The Colts have kind of slumped back into what we thought they would be this year, like a five hundred football team, not terrible, but not great. Um, and in this game, it's going to be a close matchup. Um, it's a three-point favorite, so I mean that's get basically a pick 'em because you give three points to the home team. But I think with the defense that the Colts have, Jameis Winston is going to be giving out some turnovers as he's got 20 interceptions on the year. I think he maybe throws a couple more as the Colts will take this in a close defensive battle. And the spread for the Cowboys-Bears game was minus three in favor of the Cowboys on the road. I don't think we ever said that one, but. 
that's what it was. This one, uh, yeah, as you mentioned, Sam, it's a three-point spread in favor of the I can't find Buccaneers. It now. Yeah, I was going to say the Buccaneers. I can't Buccaneers. find it. There it is. In favor of Tampa Bay. I am siding with you on this one. I think the Colts win this game just because Jameis Winston has won two straight, and I think there's no way he's going to win three straight. Just kind of counting it up and seeing how it goes. I'm siding with the Colts on this one. Brady is also going with the Colts. So clean sweep, Colts across the board. You did pick the Colts, didn't you? I saw. I just saw there on there that you had, that you were with the Buccaneers. At I first. were with the Buccaneers, but I think I said the Colts here. So I was gonna say I, I think that's what you just said. If I, th- I was wrong, I, I flipped. I I did originally like I did originally have it on there that I picked the Buccaneers, but looking at it now, flipped it. Smart call. Everybody picking the Colts on that one. So nothing nothing in favor of our standings to risk there. Ravens at Bills. I have this one slated as probably one of the best games of this noon slate if there wasn't another game that we were talking about. You know, it could be a good game, but also I just don't see how it's going to be a good game. The Bills have a good defense, but so did the Patriots, and so did the Rams. And the Texans, I mean, they're a little shaky, but they can still hold some offenses. And now the Ravens, I can see this game being like a 42-7, 2-10 game. It could be a close game too, but with the high-powered offense that Lamar Jackson has has and John Harbaugh has put together, I think the Ravens roll. See, I'm I'm thinking they're going to limit Lamar Jackson to a little bit less than he's normally been getting because he's been getting some outrageous numbers. They'll probably score 28 points, the Ravens. The Bills will probably score 14 because I don't think Josh Allen can move the ball nearly as well. No discredit to Josh Allen. He's been pretty good as a quarterback. He's been very surprising, actually, if you look at his actual numbers and compare them to the rest of the NFL. But Lamar Jackson's way too tough on the road. This That team is rolling. Baltimore probably will not lose a game for the rest of the season, and it would not surprise me at all. I'm picking the Ravens in this one. Brady is also picking the Ravens. This is the best game of the noon slate, though, 49ers at Saints. Yeah, this game is going to be a good game. It's in New Orleans, so... You know, it's a tough place for Jimmy Garoppolo to go into in that 49er defense. Um, you know, I loved the little subtle jabs that the 49ers and Ravens took at each other as uh, Debo Samuel did Lamar Jackson's dance, and then Mark Andrews planted the flag on Nick Bosa. So, love the little jabs in that game. I don't think there's going to be much in this game uh, in that department as, you know, the 49ers traveled to New Orleans. Those teams don't really have a lot of connections, uh, but... It's going to be a close defensive battle, I think, kind of like how New Orleans played Dallas. Um, but I think New Orleans takes this. Just They're at home. The Super Bo- Superdome is tough to play in. And a young quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have a tough time. It, it is going to be a tough environment, and Drew Brees is definitely not going to help to that tough environment. He's, he's, he's going to make it even tougher for Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers. But on the other side, I think the 49ers have now played two straight games in pouring rain. So to be in a dome is going to be very grateful, and and their offense will definitely appreciate that regardless. This offense is ready to explode, in my opinion. They're they're due for a very good week. The defense can do enough, and if you pressure Drew Brees, he really just has dump-off passes to Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, which is not a bad offense, but at the same time, the 49ers limit a lot if you can't run the ball efficiently, and we saw that last week with the Ravens. They were able to run the ball because they're the best rushing team in the league, I think, behind the 49ers. They might be ahead of them now, but 
if you can if you can't run on this 49ers team, you're not going to be able to pass the ball effectively. I'm picking the 49ers on the road. I am the lone wolf in this one. Sam and Brady both picking the Saints. Next game on the afternoon docket, Chiefs at Patriots. And I have this one as probably the second best game. It's going to be the best game of this week, but probably the second or third best game of the year, in my opinion. I mean, it's definitely the highlight of the week. You know, the AFC Championship showdown finally after so long we finally have it. We didn't know if we were going to get Patrick Mahomes in this game after the injury. We got Patrick Mahomes. He's 100%. We have Tom Brady. You know, it's in Foxborough again because the AFC West team who wins always has to go to the AFC East team. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see Tom Brady not as good as last year. He's kind of, I mean, he's kind of one of been one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the NFL. But, you know, they're still 10-2 and two, riding off that defense. And, uh, it's hard to pick against the Patriots at home. You know, they're 5-0 and at home. In Belichick, that defense will have every single bit of the Chiefs' offense covered. Like, he will meticulously uh, game plan for them. And so I I look at the Patriots 5-0 and at home, and that's going to go to 6-0. and The Patriots take this one at home. It's tough to win in Foxborough. Patrick Mahomes is 0 for 2 against the Patriots in his career, but he averages about 323 yards per game in, in those in those two games that he's played. He plays his heart out every single week, obviously, and the defense up until recent has really not played well against the Patriots. This is a different Chiefs defense. I know it's they've played some lesser competition as of recent, the Chiefs defense has, but they're averaging 13 points over the last like three or four games. So this is a much better defensively sound team. They they kind of have worked out their kinks. Traverius Ward is looking a lot better. Juan Thornhill's finally getting some some bigger highlight plays. Maybe not consistently he's making plays, but he had a pick six in the last game. He's looking a lot better. Tyron Matthews playing great. Chris Jones on that defensive line is finally getting some pressure. Frank Clark is now 100% fully healthy. They are getting slowly that offensive line built back up. They're getting healthy as well. So I think this Chiefs team is not 100% yet healthy, but they're extremely close, and within a week or two, we could see a fully healthy Chiefs team, aside from the running back position. Obviously, Daryl Williams just placed on IR for the rest of the season this year. Damian Williams will probably not play this week. I haven't heard anything yet, but he was limited in practice. They just signed Spencer Ware, I believe, as well, too. So that would be something to keep an eye on as well. We saw at the very end of that last game that my man Darwin Thompson got a lot of carries. He had 11 carries on the last couple drives there at the end of that game, got a touchdown. I think if Andy Reid is the guy that I think he is, and if he's my if he's my coach, he's playing Darwin Thompson at the end of that game, probably the entirety of that game. He's probably going to be the number one. I yeah, maybe. I mean, LaShawn McCoy is, you know, the veteran, but uh, whoever you throw out there, it's going to be tough for them to get yards, especially with a rookie like Darwin Thompson. I think you'd probably like to start out with LaShawn McCoy, who's the veteran, who knows Foxborough well. Uh, but, you know, Darwin Thompson will definitely get a lot more carries than he has been. Uh, it's going to be tough for him to get yards as Bill Belichick, you know, he eats rookies alive. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, you know, but that defense for New England is really good. Yeah, it's going to be tough for sure. It's it's a low-scoring game. That's why it's probably the second or third best game of the entire year in terms of regular season gameplay. But 
Sam picking the Patriots, Brady and I both picking the Chiefs, probably to no surprise. It's kind of the same way with, <laughs> with any Cowboys game in that situation. But Brady and I both picking the Chiefs. 